Okay, hello, hello, everybody. So uh, my name is Diana Kaufman, and I have a podcast called College Advice in Nanoseconds, and I'm in, an independent educational consultant uh, living in Caracas, Venezuela. And today I have with me one of my, I would say, oldest students in the sense of how long she's been with me. She came for the first time when she was a little 12-year-old tyke very interested in playing volleyball. She was on the national team, winning left and right. And now she is a grown-up and living in Osaka, Japan, and uh, studying, uh, specialized in, in politics, international relations, and Japanese studies. So I'm very excited to have her with us because it's been such a wonderful um, time together and watching her go from a little girl to being adult young woman. So hello, Oriana. her name is Oriana Fernandez. And uh, welcome, Oriana. Lovely to have you hello. here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I am too, because it's been such a, a, a wonderful, uh, you know, to watch you go through all of these different stages in your life. So um, I, uh, I know that you're in a very interesting program called the G30 in Japan and maybe like to tell us a little bit, you know, uh, what it's about, what your career is, is like, and tell us a little bit also about your life as a, as a student in, in Osaka. Yeah, so um, I'm part of the G30 program, which is a program that is um, carried by the Japanese government, the Ministry of Education, and they aim to bring international students to Japan um, to 30 to 13 core universities. So they teach the, all the programs are in English and they provide scholarships and they, they basically make it very comfortable for international students to come here and have a life in Japan and consider Japan as a, as a place to spend the rest of your life in, which is quite interesting because they're trying to get into the globalization movement. Um, since Japan has always been so isolated for, from the world. So I do, I, I live in Osaka, Japan. I am a sophomore in Osaka University. And it's, it has been very, very difficult. It has been, it has been definitely a challenge. But I think it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. I truly, I truly think so. Um, especially, I remember the day that I, that I came to you Diana, I came to you and, and we were planning on, on applying to all these universities in the United States and we were considering Brown, so many, so many universities. And then I came, I came in and I was like, um, Diana, I'm going to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You, you were like, what? Yes, I, I, rem I remember that day. And I think it was something like September or October of your application year. Oh and my I, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I freaked, I freaked. I said, what? You're going to Japan? Where did this come out of? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I know nothing. Anywhere. I didn't know anything about Japan. <laughs> I, me neither. <laughs> I remember the, the day that I, that I made the decision to come to Japan. I was in the middle of the, no, of the ocean with my dad. We were on this beautiful cruise. And, and we were thinking about where I should go next. And we were considering every, everywhere in the world. And he said, out of nowhere, he said, Japan. And that just clicked. And I came here and applied. And I, I, I came to you being like, this is just a hunch. We, we got to go with it. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that, crazy. Was, that was a crazy day for sure. And it was a crazy ride. And I have to say that I enjoyed my contact with the Japanese uh, universities that we contact that that we were you know applying to they were uh, they answered everything you know by email I mean they were, it was really nice and what you said it's easy to go there it's easy to apply and what I I didn't mention and I'll mention now is that Oriana has a full ride scholarship and she even has two tickets a year to go and come back from from Venezuela which is wonderful. So, I mean, she, she, and, and she'll explain it now that she does very well with the money that she is given. So that is another point that they are, as, as Oriana said, Japan is very interested in having international students and they do 
give scholarships and full ride scholarships. It's wonderful. So um, it, thank you for explaining what the, the G30 program is about. And uh, maybe you would like to add what a mixed M-E-X-T uh, scholarship recipient is and what it means. Okay, would you like yeah. to explain that? Yeah, of course. Um, the thing is MEXT, the MEXT scholarship, um, it can be acquired through different methods. Um, we, I got it um, with, with the help of Diana. We got, I got it through direct, it's called direct placement when you apply directly to the university and they offer the scholarship to you. So they offered the scholarship to me on my third interview. But um, you can actually work to get the scholarship directly through the, through the embassy of Japan in your country. So what you do is that you take this, this Japanese test, you pass it, and then the embassy is giving you the scholarship. It's so easy. You just have to, you have to study very hard your Japanese. Um, and also it's, it's there for every type of student. It can be undergraduate, it can be graduate, it can be um, PhD. Um, it's better. I mean, the undergraduate students get the least of the monthly stipend out of every other student there is. So you get a very good amount of, of money in your stipend monthly um, if you come here to Japan with your scholarship. You just have to maintain a GPA, a basic GPA, behave very well. You're meant to sign every month uh, a kind of a contract that says that you are willing to maintain your DBA, to behave well, to don't break the laws, and you just stick with it and you graduate from Japan, which is amazing. Yes, yes, it is. And particularly what I found so interesting when you did choose Japan is that for your type of, of uh, career, which is international relations, uh, specializing in politics, and then of course you get to learn Japanese, I mean, being there is such an interesting way to learn about that, that whole area of the world, you know, and, and you could eventually travel back and forth to different countries because you're so near them, you know. So, so that's what's fascinating. And, and I think that for anybody looking for a scholarship, which is why I brought up the, the whole scholarship issue, I mean, Japan can be a very interesting uh, option. Of course, you do have uh, universities in Europe, which are uh, not that expensive, but then you have to be a European national. Here, you don't. You know, this is something that is a um, government, uh, it, you know, uh, backed up program because they, as, as Oriana said, they want international students to go there as young people and to stay there because they do need young people, you know, to take over a lot of the, you know, businesses and everything else that, because they're lacking in, in uh, younger people. It's, it's mostly an older generation country. So that's, that's a very interesting point. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit what impacted you the most of the, your first year in, uh, in Japan, which of course we had the COVID come in. And then now that you are back, because I know you stayed uh, here in Caracas during the COVID, thank God you were here and then now you've gone back. So tell us a little bit about, you know, this up and down situation, going to oh the Japan, God. yeah, adapting, then going for vacation, home, and then staying home all these months, and then back again to Japan. Tell <laughs> us a little bit about that. <laughs> I'm so grateful that my, my path aligned and I was able to stay home for, for during the whole COVID, COVID situation. Um, it was hard. This was the second semester of my career because I, I went to Caracas in February as soon as my first semester ended to spend vacation with my family and I was coming back um, on, the, on two months and then I got to stay there for the whole semester. It was quite difficult because of the time difference. It's 13 hours of time difference. And also it was the first semester ever that my university had to teach online. So they also had, um, at least my program, on my program, 
so they did have a lot of, to learn also from that from that from that situation so it would it required a lot of patience patience and feedback um all along the semester to check on our mental health which is they care a lot about and i'm so thankful for that yeah so um so eventually like every every month they will check up on me and say are you doing all right are you doing all right are you being are you sad are you feeling anxious are you are you overworked um which i was <laughs> but i was i was i managed to to yeah to do well and i was finally able to come back to japan during my first semester however i did i did May study here in present without COVID, um, and I think what impacted me the most during my first semester was definitely just living in Japan. You know, coming here and adapting, and eventually getting to enjoy Japan, which was quite hard uh, in the beginning because, wow, the cultural shock is big. The difference is big the social interactions that I was that I was used to be back home in Venezuela it's just inexistent here they don't they don't touch they don't kiss when they say hi <laughs> you know all those little things that that just was so different for me and I just had to adapt and and understand that the, the difference is is okay you know it's not it's not bad it's just different and that's fine so for me, during my first semester, I, I, I adopted this, this amazing, what, I, what helped me a lot, um, mindset of considering Japan as my career. So my, my career was no longer only what, what, what I was studying in university, but also living in Japan. So I got to learn a lot from that as well. So I was, you know, I picked up on little things that Japanese people did. And so I learned and, and, and that made me good. That, that made me grow a lot because they are very, very respectful, very kind, very humble. So I, I also got to integrate those aspects to my personality and my personal growth, which was amazing, you know? That is definitely a win-win situation. How, how interesting, that's, that's, I really uh, love that because the fact that you considered uh, so you change that mindset that it wasn't only your studies, but Japan is part of your university and your learning. I mean, fantastic. And, and that is probably going to make everything and is probably making it much, much easier and much, much more enjoyable, you know, because as you say, the, the Japanese have many, you know, good traits like their respect, their humbleness, uh, their cleanliness. I mean, you know, so many different things that, that we don't know. So, you know, you're adding a whole culture plus a whole new language to, to your, you know, to what you yeah. know. Wonderful, wonderful. And what do you most like uh, about, uh, now that you're there and you're back and, and, you know, of course you are studying online, um, that what do you like most about Japan right now? And wow. being there and being in Osaka, is there anything you can sort of say or a couple of things? I mean, you know? Wow, living in Japan has been just so, so crazy for me, so, so different. I think the thing that I, that I like the most about being here is probably feeling so safe, feeling so secure, knowing that n nothing's going to happen to me. N just yesterday night, it, it was 1 a.m. and I was walking by myself on the street and I was fine and I, and I was feeling safe. I was okay. And that's something that after living in Venezuela for so long, I appreciate so much. And I'm so grateful for it. I, I don't take it for granted, you know. And also just the people here, they're not very, they're not very socially close as I was used to back home. Um, they're not very open. You can also say it. But they're but they're very willing to get to know you. You know they're they're curious about about at least about me because being from Latin America, especially not being from Brazil because there's a lot of Brazil uh, Brazilian immigration here. Um, they're very curious. They're like, why are you here? <laughs> That's a question I get a lot. And I'm, I'm they're just so kind, really. 
That's wonderful. And I, I remember a friend also telling me that once you become the friend of, of a Japanese person, that you are a friend forever. I mean, that they have this very, very high notion of friendship. So if you're your friend, if, if they are your friend, they, then they are your family. I mean, it's really yeah. quite, quite amazing. So yeah, after uh, one, I, and, and after whole one year, a whole year on being on my, in the volleyball team, just this week, a girl, a Japanese girl told me that I was her friend and I was like, wow, you're my friend too. <laughs> you know, that, that means a lot for them. And that very means, much. That means yeah. a lot for me too. Yes. Yes. After, and you become that, family. You become see, family. That, yeah. that's, that's after living in Japan because back home, back home in Venezuela, I just, just take friendship for, for granted almost. You have, you have just a lot of friends, but you, but you really not. There, there, there's a difference between having a lot of friends and having a lot of close, good, true friends. And that's why they aim to build here, which that's is wonderful. Great. Yes, that's wonderful. And, and so then um, a little bit about then your teachers. Uh, who was your best teacher in high school and university? And what was so or is so compelling about them? This is such a hard question. This is such a hard question. You know why? Because I really do appreciate my teachers a lot. I, I, I appreciate when teachers are emotionally invested in what they're doing. And you can see that difference between Venezuela and Japan. That's very clear because being a teacher in Venezuela, it's literally an act of love and an act of kindness for your, for your profession and for what you're doing. In Japan is quite different, but they also they also are very invested in, in in their students. And you know, the choice to spread knowledge and help others, and that's just for me, it's just a huge act of love. And I value that so much, and I feel so grateful for all my teachers and all my professors. And you know, I've learned a lot from them on a personal level. I've learned, for example, to be, to be confident in my abilities. Um, when they when they tell me, yeah, you know, you know what's going to the test, you know it, you're you're gonna be okay, and that's important. That's something that that has helped me in my life to try over and over again until I succeed. When I when I can do a math pro, pro, uh, problem, for example, and and I try over and over and over until I get the response that that they were asking me for. Um, to face consequences, to face the decision not to not ha work hard enough when you when you just don't want to work hard, and you have to face your grade, and that's and those little things are just things that that apply to my daily life, and I appreciate so much. Um, and you know what, I try I do try to as an act of love I try to do everything from from love, and. I try to teach little things to people that perhaps don't know, for example, to teach a Japanese girl something in Spanish, like little things like that. And it's crazy how the more you study, the more you realize that you don't know much at all. <laughs> that, so, is <laughs> very, that is a very good point. It's true. The more I know, the less I know, you know, and the yeah. more I want to know and the more I want to know. That's wonderful. What a lovely story. I, I like that. And, and it's true. If you do have a, a teacher or a professor that love what they're doing. I mean, I think it's just by osmosis <laughs> that you get the information, you know, so that's very good. Um, so tell me, what is your favorite subject right now? Or did you have a favorite subject when you were in high school? Maybe you'd like to share that also with our students and our audience. Well, the thing is, I know I my career is just politics and international relations and all those things but the subjects that I've enjoyed the most are have nothing to do with that <laughs> there was a subject in my last semester called gender studies and that was just mind-blowing to me because even though I knew a lot of, of the different gender spectrum that there is the importance to the, the importance of knowing and just 
spending your time, investing your time in understanding how other people identify us and to respect the differences between you and those people and to have an open mind when, when it's just so complex. It, it's just priceless for me, honestly. It just helped me to, to have a sense of compassion and just have a sense of empathy for people that are not cisgender, which is when you are you identify as the gender you were born in with your bo within your body. So wow, I mean, transgender. There's just so many, so many identifications that I now see, and I I just see it differently now because I I know what they are. Firstly, I it's important to invest your time in knowing and just doing your research because you you will never respect or you no you will respect but you will never understand something that you don't invest your timing in in reading about and and yeah so that that's, that was just mind-blowing for me i also had this class called diversity and inclusion taught by this amazing german professor it was just wow wow mind-blowing sorry go ahead uh, yeah. tell me about that go ahead yeah, so that class helped me so much with my critical thinking, problem solving. Um, it's just, it was all about making a place, a world, a kind of place for, a kind place for everybody, you know? The importance for making the world a kind place for everybody. Despite of sensual orientation, impairments, gender identification, race, ethnicity, nationality, it's just, it's so important to make everyone feel comfortable in the world. And it's so important to be so, to, to practice compassion with people that are just not the same as you, you know, that, that are just different. Yes, and, and, the, uh, and the whole kindness issue is so important. I mean, how wonderful that this was brought up and, and part of your course, you know, because I think that makes a huge difference that even if there are differences, as you were saying, you know, to be kind is, if you start from kindness, then, you know, it's anything can be, it can be a wonderful relationship. So, you know, and, and it's a wonderful world if we're kind to each other, you know? Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, yes. love that. And what would you say to the incoming freshmen? For, within, for my, my university, for, for coming to Japan, you'll say, or for uh, any? Of course, that's what we're talking about. And probably whatever about going to Japan in your, in your class, I'm sure will apply to many you know, other uh, universities and, and other places in the world. Yeah, oh my goodness. I think if I was, if I was to give advice to myself in being an incoming freshman, I would say to just, just be kind to yourself because it can be so hard. It can be so challenging and it's so important to not push yourself to a point that it becomes unhealthy to work because hard work pays off. It's very important to work, but to know your boundaries and to take care of your mental health. For me, that's crucial because without my mental health being stable and being okay, I just cannot um, be as efficient as I, as I could want to. So to have resilience, you know, to never give up and to try different challenging things just to try, you know, it's, it's important just to put yourself out there and try new things, not stay within your comfort zone. Very good. That's very good advice. I would, I hadn't seen it like coming from, from, from me, you know, like you said, if I was going to give the advice to myself. And, and I think that the whole mental health issue is also a very important one because if you are in balance and everything works out, you can study, you can make friends, you can get out of your comfort zone because you feel safe enough to do it. So wonderful advice, you know, and, and a very good question we can ask, you know, ourselves, what advice can I give myself right now at this point or for today, you know, or for this week as I plan my week or as I plan my day? Good advice. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. And how do you see education evolving in the future or what changes would you like to see happening? You know, because there is such a, so many issues around education right now and universities and exams and, you know, all, all of those issues. How would you like to see it evolve? 
Wow. Yeah. Did <laughs> you see education with online schooling happening right now with the evolution of technology and also COVID, but that, that was going to happen. Online, online school was going to happen either way. It can be, it can be challenging for people to stay, work, live, and eat, and everything in the same place. And I think it's, I think I can, I can see that happening for the rest of our lives. And I, I, I now understand the importance to, to change the environment that you're in. And yeah, so I will definitely, I, I myself, I, I appreciate very much and I would love for education to be as to follow the, the example of the Scandin Scandinavian countries, um, Iceland, Denmark, with their unconventional approaches to education, when, when they, they balance life and school, and they are okay if you, if you, to make school a good place for you to be, not, not, to, not to take it as a place of punishment or to go to a place that you really don't want to go, you know, to make it friendly for, for kids to go to school. That's just so important. I, I think so. Because it also, it, people learn better when they feel good in the place that they're in. But you, you mentioned know? Denmark and Iceland. Can you, can you give a, a more concrete example of what they're doing that you like and that you feel would be good yeah. for, the, for the rest of the world? Yeah, so they, they don't have this, this um, established conventional education. For example, classrooms. They don't have the whiteboard and the teacher and all the desks and the student seating. They, they have different outdoor experiences or they, they have different um, dynamics that, that encourage learning from different point of view. The, the students don't come to classroom and just take notes and then exams and then final exams and graduate. They actually learn something, which is, which is amazing. <laughs> and I can see the world, you know, doing that and and just having a much better outcome with education also i think it's incredibly important to mention the gender equality in education it's important for girls to go to school um i'm just so privileged to to be able to come to university and and have higher education and and i feel for the girls who don't even who can't even go to high school that's that, that's just that has to stay in the past as of today. <laughs> yes, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I, you know, appreciate everything that you've said about education and I would definitely like to see this kind of different educational approach that it's more like a hands-on, what, what the Americans call the hands-on type of, of learning, you know, that you go out and you learn and you go and you change the different uh, places where you learn because then it becomes much more pleasant than just sitting in a classroom with, with desks, as you mentioned. And then the whole online, online issue, I think, is very, very important. Like in my case, I'm just beginning, I'm starting today a uh, online career counseling course with the University of Berkeley. And, you know, it's been so exciting because my education has all been, most of it has been online. You know, I'm one of the people who didn't go to university. And that's why I'm so, I'm a, I'm a, a, a you know, an independent educational consultant because I know how important education is, you know, because I came from my parents, my parents' generation was only the boys were educated, the girls didn't go to college. I mean, as far as high school, fine. After that, you, you got married, you had kids, you took care of your husband, but you did not get an education. So I've been educating myself, you know, ever since I was very young because I never got the chance to go to university. So, you know, this is, this is wonderful what you're saying, because yes, the girls going to, to school, you know, all the way up into higher education. And then the fact that, you know, we will probably all be able to be educated because of the online change. And I'm very excited about that. Um, Me too. Yeah. And then I, I, there was one question that I did want to ask you was, you know, uh, what would you say to, uh, you know, a graduating class from that's graduating either from high school 
or from uh, university now that you are in university? Wow. <laughs> from your perspective, of course. I believe I would definitely say definitely my, my first, the first thing that came to my mind is the importance to know the exact dimension of the world. My dad always told me this. It's so important to know that every place is just a plane away. You just go to the airport, you hop on a plane and you're on the other side of the world. That's the world. That's all there is. And it's important to know the exact dimension of the world and to know that you, I think it's just so incredibly important to get out of the comfort zone. I think there's, there's a limited amount of growth in the comfort zone. And it's important to invest time in researching different places and different universities and different plans. And because so many people have told me like, wow, you're in Japan. How that's the other side of the world. It's, it's just two planes away. And it's just two planes away. And I'm, I'm possibly, and it's not even anymore an economic thing because of the scholarship and all the things that we've mentioned before. It's probably cheaper to live in Japan than to live in, in, in the United States. And it's the other side of the world, yeah. But you just hop on a plane and you're back home. And that's so incredibly, it's so, for me, it's incredibly important to know that, for people to know that, you know, that there's a whole world um, beyond the comfort zone. That's a very good point for, for the high school, you know, students who might be listening to us and, and even their parents, because just, to, it's true. I mean, I've, I, I mean, I still remember in my little world that you came, the day you came and said you're going to Japan. And I said, you know, wow, that is so far away, you know? And it's, and it, but what you say, it's true. It's just in, in your case, from, from our case from Venezuela, it's two planes away. If you're in the States, it's one plane away. If you're in Europe, it's probably one plane away. So, you know, we were so joined together in, you know, even though we have the COVID right now, but the planes still exist, the airports still exist. You know, you can still hop on a plane and, and there you are, you, you're already back in Japan and you're studying and you're doing, you know, and on top of that, as you said, you're economically independent because you, your parents have not had to spend money, you know, to, to get you to this wonderful place to study. So that's, that's so important. And it, yeah. And it's, and it's a top ranked university in Japan, top three. Mm -hmm in mm -hmm. Japan and it's cheaper than that <laughs> that so many options that we that we saw uh, when we were applying for the university and you know I'm so I wanted to mention that I'm so very grateful for my parents because they they showed me I know all of this about the, the exact dimension of the world because they have shown me that my dad my dad and my mom I've traveled with them so much and I've and I've uh, get to know these new places and I'm and I've just underestimated the fact that the other side of the world is what just two planes away and 13 hours of difference of time difference that's it that's it there's no more you know yeah, that, yeah. and the point you say of knowing about the true dimension of the world that's I had I, I had never seen that and never looked at it that way you know and 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 so it's it's a wonderful point to take into, into consideration, whatever you're looking at. And particularly nowadays when our whole economic issue has been, you know, turned upside down, that if you can go to a place that we consider oh, so far away and it's only, you know, one plane ride away, and it is much less expensive than let's say the United States and even Europe, you know, so that's, that's very important point. If, you know, considering your pocket when you're thinking about college. So good point, good point. So tell me about an aha moment for you. <laughs> this is definitely one of my favorite questions of all these podcasts. <laughs> so as you know, as I just mentioned um, in the beginning of, of this podcast, coming to Japan was a hunch for me. My heart told me that I had to come to Japan and I usually follow my heart in everything that I do, everything, everything that I do, and everything has turned out okay when I do so. Um, so my, I think my biggest aha moment 
was when I finally figured out why I came to Japan. Yeah, so uh, I didn't know, I didn't know. I, I always wondered, even, even being here in the beginning of the first semester, I was like, why? This is so hard, so challenging. Why, why can't I just go back home and go to my hometown university and be okay with my family over there? And then I finally figured it out. And it's, it has been a huge, huge spiritual growth for me. I have developed the ability, the, I think the, the best ability I've developed in, in my whole life, which is the ability to quiet my mind. Uh, I, I have been super silent, very present. I've healed wounds for, for, that I had inside of me and I didn't even know of. Um, and this has allowed me to learn so much more from the Japanese society. I just stopped resisting the change and the differences between my culture and the Japanese culture. And I finally started to adapt and accept and see the differences from, from the eyes of love and, and, and compassion. And just, I have enjoyed, I have grown and enjoyed so much my life after all of this has happened because I don't have that cost, constant points on my head, you know, questioning everything that I do. And my, my, my path ha just seems aligned with, with, my, with my life mission, which I don't know, but I trust that when it comes, it comes and I will have a hunch and I will follow it and I will follow every hunch that I have. And that's a huge advice. I think it's very important to follow your hunches and to follow your heart and to quiet the mind, to meditate and to do yoga, especially in these times of chaos, is super important to find the peace within, within oneself and to know that peace does not rely on something that you achieve, neither peace or happiness or stability or anything. It will not happen if it's based on goals that you want to achieve you know people wake up in the morning and they say by the time that i i don't know have breakfast i will be happy that's never gonna happen you have to be happy in every, you have to be happy every moment when you wake up when you have breakfast and that that you can only achieve from the peace that comes with quieting the mind Wonderful, wonderful, and very, very true. And that is what I find this time is about, is learning that, is learning to quiet the mind, is learning to listen, to, you know, go with your heart. I mean, this is what, as a planet, and as every individual on the planet, we need is part of what we, is our growth. That's what the, this change is about. So wonderful. Thank you for that. And I do hope that you know, uh, everyone that is listening to this will do that, will do the yoga or will do the walking or will do whatever it takes to quiet the mind and to, you know, just, just listen, just be quiet, just that peace, you know, just the, the, the quietness is so important. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for that. Here, yes, being here, I've spent, you know, days without talking to somebody days in silence and i remember in the beginning it was so hard for me i just felt so lonely so so sad i was i i, I didn't feel depressed because i was i knew i i very much knew down in my heart that it was the right thing to do um but i was very sad yeah i was so lonely and until i understood the peace that came with it you know it's it's because it's a it's a thing of perception it's not a thing of of experiencing that it's how you see it not what it is it's feeling it yeah <laughs> so <laughs> the noise in the hall oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah, yeah. no problem somebody going by you know making lots of yeah. noise <laughs> no problem um that's thank you i i think that's an important aha moment and and it's true, if we can wake up happy and be happy throughout the day, uh, you know, again, that allows you to be kind, that allows you to be in balance, that allows, you know, yeah, yeah 
the peace, peace of mind. Excellent, excellent. Um, tell me about an absorbing book or books that you're reading or series that you're watching that you know you might recommend. Well, right now I'm reading Love in the Time of Cholera, El Amor en los Tiempos del Cholera by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Mm. You know, I'm a hopeless romantic and I'm, all, and I'm no, number one fan of Garcia Marquez. The very first time that I read 100 Years of Solitude, I was, I don't know, 13, 14, <laughs> and that changed my life. I'm also reading this book um, about spirituality. It's called The Power of Now. This is the third time that I read it. I very much recommend it. It's by Eckhart Tolle. It's amazing. Um, and as to series and, 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 and movies, I enjoy watching the, the, this new series by Zac Efron. It's called Down to Earth. You can find it on Netflix. It's so good. Um, and then a documentary. It, 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 there's, I, I wrote down one about also. Uh, the one is called A Life on Our Planet by David Attenborough. Yeah, so, so good. Because, you know, it's important. I believe it's very important to spread awareness on climate change and the importance of, to take care of our planet and to recycle. And those, those series and those documentaries that are going on um, on the internet right now that are all about that, I think it's so important to watch them and inform yourself. And, you know, collaborate because we there's only one earth only one planet and we have to take care of it so important yes yes i agree so i haven't seen a life on our planet but i do i, I really want to see it is that one on netflix also yeah yeah okay so because zach efron's efron's uh series down to earth is on netflix also so you know that's wonderful to to see it since probably many people have netflix um Tell us about uh, an upcoming project that you're interested and involved in that you'd like to share with us. Wow, so I'm actually thinking about joining the theater club. <laughs> it, it's quite a, a challenge because it's in Japanese. Everything, all clubs are in Japanese, but it's, a very, it's very important for me to improve my Japanese, especially because as I said, I spent a whole semester back in Venezuela and I fell behind. Um, and I also believe it's very important to always be looking for new things to learn and experience and to meet new people and to go again out of your comfort zone over and over and over again. That's a real growth there. And I also have these, these um, subject this semester, which is so, has me so excited. It's called Global Citizenship. Um, so we have to watch documentaries and write essays, which for me are the best things ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it's taught by one of the best professors I've ever, ever had, which is Professor Phyllis Strike. He's an American, he's an American pro professor. He teaches here in Osaka University and it's amazing, truly. I've learned so much from him. How wonderful. Those are, are first of all, having, a, a, you know, thinking of joining the theater club. I think that's a wonderful uh, endeavor because, of course, it'll make your Japanese better. And then, you know, who knows? We might be watching you on the stage in Japan in, in <laughs> Japanese. I'm very excited to see that. Wonderful. Great idea. And then um, I'm so glad that you are enjoying uh, Professor Strike's um, class on global citizenship, because that's really what we are about. You know, we are global citizens. So, you know, um, um, that's a wonderful, wonderful subject to, to be taking and particularly where you are located. So fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. Congratulations for that. And then tell me what has been your greatest challenge during college, you know, that you can say. Um, I, I wrote down um, Japanese language. Mm -hmm. The Japanese has been truly, I think I underestimated the language. I really do think so. <laughs> mm -hmm. The first time I came here, I was like, wow, I'll, I'll get this language. It's going to be so easy for me because I, I tend to, I tend to have a good ear. I tend to listen to languages and just pick it up immediately. And it has been so hard for me, especially the writing mechanisms. There's three alphabets. Um, 
so kanji, which is the hardest one, is the one that, that it's derived from the Chinese characters. Um, so hard, so, so hard, but it's also beautiful. I found, I, I've, I've come to find the beauty in it because if you see it closely, you actually do see the images of the things that are, that are yeah, as if, as if it was a, a tiny picture. Um, which is quite nice. Yeah, I've tried to fall in love with it truly because it has been quite hard for me. I even joined the the volleyball club here to practice Japanese. That's the first thing I ever did when I arrived. I I just joined the club. <laughs> I I it truly volleyball. It's truly for me a place of it's my safe in my safe place. You know, I I get to go there and and be myself and just play with people that I that I do not know and that I've just met, but we all speak the same language, which is volleyball. We all understand each other. We all know what to do, even though we speak, we, we come from very different parts of the world. I think that's very, very precious about sports. I think it's very important to also always practice a sport, always practice some, not, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sport, but it has to be something that makes you feel safe and and quiets your mind truly you're just so focused on what you're doing that you you you're very present there um yeah so i think besides of course the the cultural shock that came the first semester as soon as i arrived here which was i think one of the hardest things i've ever been through in my whole entire life when i when i realized that i was by myself in the other side of the world in a in a place that I just couldn't communicate with anybody because I didn't speak Japanese. And, and they were just so different to, to what I was used to. It made me so, it, it truly made my heart softer um, to people that are getting out of their comfort zone, you know? I just, I just that's something that I, that I know it's not easy and that I really pretty much value a lot on, on people that have the courage to, you know, get out of your, of your teeny tiny safe place. Yes. Good point. Yeah. Good point. And do, do you find that the Japanese people uh, or, or the students, the teachers, people, you know, in the store and all that, uh, do they do they uh, receive you well, or have they been you know like, uh, oh you're you know you're not from Japan, uh, I'm I'm not interested in talking to you. You know, are they unkind or are they open to foreigners? You know, Japanese the Japanese society is so complex. It definitely has been so hard for me to feel welcome in certain spaces, especially by people from older generations. Of course. It's very understandable for everything that, that happened during World War II. Um, they are they are okay by themselves, very isolated from the world. They, it has worked for them. Um, the the this, the experiences they ha they have had with foreigners have not been very nice. But the new generations, however, they they are very kind. They are they are very curious, as I said. Um, but I can definitely, I've, I've, I, have, I have been through a couple of experiences where I was like, wow, I, I'm truly not welcome in this country, you know? And, and it was the older people? It was the older people? The older that, people, oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. They yes. don't, even, if, even though if I speak Japanese to them, they, they're just closed from the, very, the, from the very beginning, you know, when they see, I know you cannot see me right now. You're listening, but when they see this, the color of my skin or or my, I have tan skin and curly hair, which is very different from from them. Um, they see me and they immediately shut down. Um, but that that that's okay. Also, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I never take it personally. I that's never a good point. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. okay. I understand. I try to understand. And I try to also be kind to them, you know, saying you're I'm okay, it's okay. I'll I'll just leave if you don't want me here. That's I respect your boundaries, which is so important. It's so important yes. to respect people's boundaries. Yes. And um but yeah, I mean Japanese society in general, they are they have a lot to work on, a lot to improve, and a, and we have 
we as the Western Hemisphere, we do have a lot to learn from them. So for me, as I said, being Japan, living in Japan, seeing Japan as my career also has made me take those things from the Western society and taking those things from, from the Japanese society and making myself a tiny mix of those and hopefully take the best of, of the both worlds and, and, you know, try to make the world a better place always. Yeah, that's my dream to collaborate and help and, and just try to, to, to use what I know and what I, what my experiences in order to, you know, make, make, make it better, truly. Yep, so I can, I understand now that you say, uh, mention all, you know, what you hope to do is why you are where you are, why you're studying international relations and, you know, politics. I think that's wonderful, wonderful. So, um, so to, to end this, uh, what would you like to add? Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we, we end the, the podcast? Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I will definitely recommend um, Diana Kaufman's College Counseling <laughs> for everyone. She got Thank me you. through Japan and I'm so grateful for that. It, it was kind of a, a quick, fast, <laughs> rushed thing, but we made it. And, and that's what's important. She, she, I truly, I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Thank you so much. And yeah, I will, I will, I think, I think it's good. It's good to good. know. Yeah. Just be kind. Try to make the world a better place. Quiet your mind. Get out of your comfort zone is the most important thing ever. Follow your hunches. Be true to yourself and to your heart. That's just how it should be for everyone. Yes, yes, wonderful. I love that. And and well, it was a roller coaster ride to get you to Japan. And I have to say that I've enjoyed every minute of it, you know, of knowing you since you were twelve and seeing you established in Japan and, you know, studying and all the wonderful, wonderful changes that you have achieved, you know, through your your hunch, as you call it, and getting out of your comfort zone. So thank you, Oriana, for being my guest today. I have enjoyed sharing this time with you. And of course, I will be having you on again as you progress through your, you know, higher education in Japan and, you know, learning all the things you're learning. So see you soon, Oriana. Thank you again for being Bye. here. <laughs> Bye-bye.